In 2016, I woke up in the middle of the night around 2 a.m. I had been waking up a lot lately in the middle of the night and I was in a lot of pain. I was in a lot of pain most every night that I woke up. My abdomen, my muscles, my joints, everything hurt. And this particular night, I woke up and I'd had a dream. <laughs> it was so random. I don't dream very often. And in this experience, I had a dream about college and specifically being in my college cafeteria. And I dreamed about making my favorite breakfast that I would make at my cafeteria, which was a bagel with cream cheese and eggs on top, and then adding some pepper. Guys, I love pepper. Side note. When I woke up in 2016 in the middle of the night in lots of pain and having had just this wonderful dream about a food that I really sorely missed because at the time I was not eating dairy or gluten, which the breakfast contained. Um, in 2016, I also wasn't eating a lot of other foods such as garlic and onion and watermelon and apples. I was on the low FODMAP diet. And this time that I woke up was one of the few times that I actually woke up crying. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. I think up until that point in 2016, I was only familiar with waking up and already crying, like by reading it in a book or seeing it maybe on TV. And so to me, it was a very surreal experience of something that felt like a deeper emotional thing was going on inside of me that was happening when I was asleep, when I was unconscious, that I was becoming aware or grieving something. And I remember sitting there and I cried even more. I was, I woke up, I was in tons of pains. I just had this wonderful dream memory of eating food that I really missed. Um, and I really missed also eating and not being in pain. Even that would have been wonderful. And I just sat there. I was in a bunk bed, um, with another roommate of mine and I just cried. I felt so completely alone. So, isolated, even with someone else present, knowing that I woke up regularly. I wasn't going to wake her up every time I woke up. She knew that I was very sick and she cared for me a lot, but also, you know, I needed her to also get her sleep. And so felt very alone as I was dealing with a physical pain in my body, psychological pain, um, emotional pain. And ultimately that night, I remember continually this question coming back up into my mind of, will I ever get to eat food again? What is the rest of my life? Like, what is going to happen with the rest of my life? What's going on? And so that is what this episode is about. We are currently in the month of November, where all of our episodes are centered around food. If you have not listened to our first episode, The Number One Lie About Food That I Hate, the first episode for this month, I would strongly encourage you to go and listen to it. It is an episode that there was one thing that I wish everyone knew about. Um, it would be about this one thing about food. Um, and, and lies that people 
share about it. With today's episode, I want to be on the other end of the whole conversation on food, which is a lot of times we are on the end of how do I reduce foods and which one should I not eat? And, you know, should I be eating paleo or should I be eating low FODMAP or should I be eating vegetarian or vegan? There's lots of diets out there um, for maybe different conditions or different philosophies. And one thing I find, though, that is in common, whether you're on the diet, these diets, or you're trying to find the right ones, or maybe you're on one of these diets and you feel like you're still getting lots of symptoms, which is definitely where I was at when I was doing the low FODMAP diet and where a lot of people that I talk to find themselves at is wondering, can I ever reintroduce foods? What about reintroducing things that I miss eating? And why am I suddenly having all these problems even if they're not allergies? Well, that is what today's episode is all about. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel healthy and vibrant again by finding the root cause of our gut health problems. My name's Allison Jordan, marathon runner, functional medicine practitioner, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of the Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for life. If you're ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. Thank you for listening to the Better Belly Podcast. Just a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make changes. To continue this story and kind of weave an idea for you guys of what it means and is it possible for you to reintroduce foods, I want to first start with my story. So I've already shared at the beginning of the episode about in 2016 when I woke up in debilitating pain and just had no clue how I could ever heal myself. It was definitely one of the hardest parts of my journey. I had not met my craniosacral therapist and visceral manipulation practitioner, Allegra, yet. I really had had almost no breakthrough in my sickness. I was losing weight, losing hair. I was definitely losing hair at that time. Um, And I literally could not find a single thing on the internet (laughs) that would tell me how I was going to get better. All I was told is the low FODMAP diet's an elimination diet, and you really only need it for two to three months, and then your gut should be healed um, in those two to three months, and then you can reintroduce foods. Well, I'd been on the low FODMAP diet for over a year, and let me tell you, I scoured every single nook and cranny of everything I ate to make sure I was doing the diet correctly, and I was getting sicker. And I've even got symptoms with foods that were um, appropriate on the low FODMAP diet. So fast forward, I saw my pelvic floor therapist, Allegra. She did craniosacral therapy and um, visceral manipulation on me. I started getting more bowel movements, which is really important for detoxing and the balancing of your microbiome. Um, I went to massage therapy school. I was just seeing incremental 
movement, like point by point, able to eat a little bit more food or eat a little bit different foods than I normally was. And it took about two more years of slow healing. I did a lot of healing. Um, If you listen to episode five things I did in 2018 to heal my mind and my gut, that is another big step where I waged war on my mind to make sure that I had all the best thoughts and the best psychological habitat and environment for my mind uh, because I knew that impacted my gut. And that also was a huge thing. But it was about two to three years before I look back and I remember going to Thanksgiving with family and uh, my food restrictions really stressed out some of my family members um, just with them feeling like, oh, you can't eat anything. And, you know, what are you going to feed yourself? And it really stressed them out. I'm sure you guys have, um, if you're listening to this, might even know that you have some family members that even if you cook for yourself, you know, the whole whole social eating thing can be quite stressful. And so there was one Thanksgiving, I came back and I had a couple of family members who were like, so, you know, are you going to make your own gluten-free rolls again this year? Like, what's going on? And I was like, no, guys, I'm good. I'm just going to eat whatever you guys eat minus dairy. So don't worry about it. I was able to eat garlic and onion again. I stuck to small portions of gluten. Um, but for, other than that, I was able to eat sweet potatoes and white potatoes and um, any kind of meat that I wanted with any kind of sauce that I wanted. For the most part, I was able to eat apples again, praise the Lord. And that was in the Thanksgiving of 2018. And I remember thinking I could have never, ever imagined getting here in 2016 when I woke up in the middle of the night crying and alone and in pain. I was in a totally different place in 2018. My body didn't hurt like an old person. I didn't feel like I had arthritis all over my body. My stiffness, my chronic stiffness went away. My sinuses were behaving a lot better. It was really hard to run for me, well, both because of the fatigue, but also because my sinuses had um, suddenly been constantly clogged, which is often a systemic inflammation result. Um, and my body had healed. I had basically taken it from really bad leaky gut. No one even diagnosed for me. No one helped me figure that out. I don't even think I fully knew it. I look back now and I'm like, oh, I had leaky gut. And slowly and slowly, I was able to reintroduce foods as my leaky gut began to heal, as my microbiome smoothed out, as I started detoxing better, especially because constipation was a problem for me, and as I was able to help renew my mind. And I remember even spending extra time resting and meditating and resting my mind because my body was just so amped up from being sick, let alone the fact that I am an Enneagram one and just tend to be on the more uptight side of things. So really big shifts from 2016 to 2018. So how can you learn to trust food again? This is the process that I went through in my story that I wasn't even aware I was going through at the time. But step one was I removed inflammatory causes from my body. I was pooping more, which I already mentioned, um, really important for detoxing the body. If you are becoming chronically constipated, you're actually holding in toxins your body's trying to get out because that's one of our detoxification pathways. And then you will reabsorb those toxins through your colon and it'll go back to your liver and it can circulate through your blood. That will make you feel foggy headed, fatigued, can make you feel nauseated. Your mood can become more unstable. Uh, if you're a female, 
female. It can make your menstrual cycles more regular because we get rid of excess estrogen, especially excess estrogen through our colon and through bowel movements. And so having extra excess estrogen can really throw things off, tender breasts, painful periods, all those things. Um, and if, let alone the fact that I was dealing with a lack of periods at the time. So um, since 2018, I've done even more steps to heal my gut. I found out I have a parasite. I'll be giving an update in a few podcast episodes on how that went, when both what I found, what I found when I researched the parasite that I had, and how my life has changed since I dealt with it. Holy cow, I cannot wait to share that with you guys. That will be coming up in December. But for now... um, I found the parasite. I dealt with it. I continue to just hone in strengthening my body, um, taking supplements to replenish things, nutrients that were missing in my body so that my body could start to reproduce its own functions again, helping my liver detox and decongest from the stress it'd gone through. And as that happens, we can heal the gut. Your gut is comprised, if you haven't listened to episode one, super, super basic on what we're about in Better Belly Therapies, but we're about restoring peristalsis to the gut, which is a natural movement that helps move food through your body. Um, If you can't move uh, all the contents of your gut continually, you're going to have different problems, everything from acid reflux, which is an esophagus stomach problem, quick feelings of fullness, another esophagus stomach problem, nausea can often be a stomach problem, Uh, bloating, pain, uh, especially like sharp pain can be a small intestine problem, low back pain, constipation and or diarrhea, Uh, microbiome imbalances, so SIBO, EMO, these are different kinds of infections that we'll find ourselves getting when we don't have strong peristalsis, Um, or if it's too strong, you're getting diarrhea, things are moving through too quickly, your nutrients are diminishing. And there's usually if you are getting loose stool, especially when it's like more severe towards diarrhea, there is inflammation in the gut. The gut is evacuating for some reason. It's stressed out. So we don't want that either. That being said, we want to help peristalsis become even. And then, which I mainly did through craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation. And then the other thing that we want to do is help balance the microbiome. Make sure you don't have parasites, bacterial overgrowths, viruses, yeast overgrowths. That might be candida if you've heard of that one before. Um, SIBO. Uh, parasites of any kind. We don't want any of those going on. And when I say parasites, guys, real quick, does not necessarily mean a ginormous worm in your gut. Um, there's actually a lot of microscopic parasites. They're just qualified differently because of how they're built. So they're a little bit more complex than bacteria, but they can still be very small and microscopic and fly under the radar, even from our well-meaning doctors. So I helped repair my peristalsis to get my gut moving so that I could eat the food I needed. So I didn't have quick feelings of fullness, which I did. So I didn't have acid reflux, which I did. <laughs> so I didn't have bloating and bacterial overgrowth and gassiness, um, which I did. So I didn't have constipation, which I did. 
Um, and then the other thing was repairing my mucosal barrier, which is the lining of the small intestine, making sure that that gets built back up. Now, when we're thinking about the mucosal barrier, we want to be thinking on multiple levels of why is the mucosal barrier breaking down? Some people, every person, it can be very different. There's definitely patterns that we see. Some people, it's hormone imbalance. Some people can be surgery and adhesions. Some people, it can be concussions and needing to heal from a concussion. Craniosacral therapy is really helpful with that. But if you're curious, you can look up concussions and microbiome in Google and you'll find lots of research there um, on how concussions affect our microbiome, which is going to affect our mucosal barrier. Um, we want to make sure we're not eating inflammatory foods. And that's where foods come into this whole big picture of making sure that you have a healthy gut is you know, are you eating foods that are inflammatory? So that's where it's relevant. And that's where we find ourselves when we're saying, well, maybe I should go on low FODMAP diet, maybe I should go on a paleo diet, a grain free diet, a whole 30, um, dairy free, gluten free, all these different diets. What it is, is you're trying to figure out for you opposed to somebody else, are you eating foods that are causing inflammation? And if you have not listened to the previous episode, episode 14 on the number one lie about food that I hate, it's about food sensitivities and where they come from and how to deal with them and do they go away, which they can go away. If you heal the lining of your small intestine, that mucosal barrier, your body gets less inflamed by average everyday foods. I want you to think about if you have a sunburn, um, you're going to be much more sensitive to someone touching you, to having itchy clothes on to hot and cold. Like if you have a sunburn and you go into your shower, sometimes something that's overly cold or overly hot is more sensitive. And if you have a sunburn, of course, more sun makes it more irritated. Well, if you have that on the inside of your gut, you're just going to be more sensitive to pretty much everything. And of course, you're going to have a whole categories of foods that you're extra sensitive to, which could maybe for you, it might be all the grains or for you, it might be dairy and meat or for you, it might be beef and turmeric, which I've seen that, you know, turmeric coming up, especially if you're taking lots of it to try and reduce inflammation while well, your body's seeing so much of it while it has leaky gut that it's beginning to be irritated by it. So Another really interesting thing. And then, of course, when you heal it, your food sensitivities go away. So if you're listening and you're like, Allison, I think that my gut's starting to heal. I've been taking really good proactive measures. I've been seeing all my symptoms go down. My foggy headedness is down. My energy's up. My bloating's down. Um, I'm having more regular bowel movements. It's not too quick or too slow. This is how you can re-enter. And it's very, very simple. Basically, you have all your foods that you have. And with my clients, we actually do a food sensitivity test. So we have all the foods that their body tells us through their blood that it is sensitive to. You, They're getting an immune reaction. And for every food, they actually have a scale. So there's zero to 100% and it's graded in colors. So anything yellow and red, we have them stay away from. And when we reintroduce foods, we know which ones we want to reintroduce first, which is the lowest reactive yellow food categories. So I have them rank of their all their yellow foods, what they want to start back in first. So some people, they can't wait to get garlic back in, or um, some people, they couldn't wait to get cocoa powder back in. Everybody's different, so we rank them. And then one at a time, 
um, based off of their test or for you if you are on a diet like the low FODMAP diet, the paleo diet, um, whole 30 elemental diet, whatever you're doing, you take all the foods you can't eat. I would make a list of foods you want to try and then reintroduce those foods. Now, if you are on one of those diets, there's a possibility maybe you, the first food on your list you're most sensitive to. And if you did a test, maybe you're in the red category. Um, so you might have a really bad reaction. Basically, what you do is you take a portion, you find out what a portion of that food is. So for rice, a full portion of rice is a half a cup. And so what you do is you take, uh, instead of eating a, a full portion, you eat a quarter of a portion. Um, similarly with avocado, a full portion of an avocado, according to nutritionists, is half of an avocado. So if you want to introduce avocado back into your diet, you take that half of an avocado, you cut it in half. So now you have a quarter of an avocado and you cut that in half. So you have an eighth of an avocado and you eat that and just see how your body does. You eat it one time in one day, not for all three meals, <laughs> um, one time in one day. And then you see, do I feel bloated? Do I feel gassy? Do I feel low energy? Do I have constipation or diarrhea? Do I get moody or angry? Um, do I feel puffy in my hands? Do I get any skin responses? Again, if you listen to our previous episode, episode 14, as you can see, it's gold. We go through all the different symptoms. The most common symptoms I see my clients get, just list them all out verbally of what you can look for because some symptoms are non-GI. You don't feel it in your gut, but it doesn't mean it's not happening in your gut. So that's what you do. It's super simple. You create that list. You start with number one, you eat a quarter portion. Then the next day you eat a half portion. You, a one time for one meal in one day, you eat a half portion. So for that avocado, it's going to be a quarter of that avocado. Take the half, you split it in half, you have a quarter. Now you eat that. And if you have no response, no reaction, you don't get puffy, don't get anything weird going on your skin, don't get any bloating, rashes, anything like that, fatigue, then the next day you eat a full portion, that half of an avocado. You see what happens if you're good. If you love avocado and know you actually typically want to eat a whole avocado, then what you do is the next day you can do a portion and a half. So it'd be half that avocado plus a quarter and see if you get a reaction. And then the day after you would eat both halves of the avocado, maybe at two different meals, even if you want and see if you get any reaction there. If you don't get any reaction, if you're like, wow, I feel great. I'm not getting any bloating. I'm not noticing anything getting worse or challenging. Your gut is telling you that it has healed from sensitivity to that food. Now, do you want to eat that like nonstop every day and go bonkers on it? No. Anything extreme could recreate inflammation in the gut. But we're not aiming for extreme. And if you have been on an elimination diet, even that usually feels quite extravagant, right? Am I right? So the next thing you do is you go to your food number two and you do the same thing. What's a full portion? I usually just Google a full portion of egg on the internet. And then you look it up, you know, if you're sensitive to egg and not allergic. Allergic's different. If you're allergic, do not eat these foods ever. But if you're just sensitive, you can go in um, find out, eat your quarter portion one day, next day eat a half portion, next day eat a full portion, um, and see how it is. So it's simple, but the interesting thing is that even though I was familiar with that concept, and you might be too, when I was eating the low FODMAP diet, I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to do this for two to three months, then I'm going to re reintroduce foods, it's going to be great. And of course, it didn't have great results, and that made me 
really doubt my body. <laughs> it made me doubt science. It made me doubt dieting. It also made me doubt food. I didn't feel like I could trust food because um, by the time I was where I was at in the low FODMAP diet, even my quote unquote good food, I just felt bad all the time. And so my encouragement, one of the things that I did that was helpful, and this goes back to an episode from a few episodes back called Being Grateful in the Pain, and we'll link it in the show notes. So one of the things that I found that was really helpful to me, and this might sound crazy, but it was the only thing that really, really helped me was as I was noticing that my gut was healing, I was feeling stronger, I was feeling less bloated, less fatigued, less achy, and I was able to eat more. My stomach didn't hurt nearly as frequently. Um, I was like, okay, I'm starting to heal. Great. And gave it a couple more months kept going on my pretty simple diet just to be safe. And then I started reintroducing foods and I was absolutely terrified. I constantly remember thinking I've been craving this food for forever. Maybe I'm just eating it because I'm a glutton for punishment and it's just going to hurt and it's going to be horrible because that's literally what my life had been like for two years. I eat this food, whatever it is, and then I feel horrible. And so I said, okay, my body is healing. I want to trust that it's going to be good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be grateful when I eat. And so I would take whatever I had chosen to kind of stretch myself with and, and reintroduce into my diet. And I would say, thank you, God, for this piece of food, whatever, however big it was, whatever kind of food it was, and I would eat it. And I would be very intentional to enjoy <laughs> the flavor, um, focusing on the enjoyment, not on the fear, not on the, oh my gosh, what if this hurts me? What if I feel really bad the rest of the day? But just being so grateful. I was back in a place where I could try a food. And I found that as I did that every single time, and then you know, an hour later or two hours later, I didn't feel worse. There was a second wave of gratitude, a second wave of relief, second wave of trust where I said, oh my gosh, this might actually be working. I might actually be doing okay. Another wave of gratitude. Thank you so much, body, that you are taking in this food that I gave you and that you're not hurting and that you are healing yourself as best you can. Thank you so much, body, that you're responding to my efforts to make you better. And as I did that, every single food, every little portion of new thing, every new food I reintroduced helped me learn to trust food because really trust had been eroded. It was gone. I had been in too much pain for too long and I needed, I needed evidence that food was not my enemy. If you are listening to this podcast, you probably have some gut problems. If you're listening even to this episode, if you were drawn to it, you might be like, yeah, Allison, I don't have a lot of trust in food. Um, I'd say there's two takeaways if you're listening to this. Number one, if you're still having trouble reintroducing foods, you're not crazy. And what I would encourage you to do is to look deeper into working with someone who can help identify the hidden stressors that are causing inflammation in your gut. You know, some people I've worked with, it's been heavy metals. Some people I've worked with, it's been relational stress. Some people I've worked with, it's been low acid in the stomach. Some people I've worked with, it's been bacterial imbalances. And actually, a lot of people I've worked with have pathogens. And then, of course, intelligently knowing what foods to actually be avoiding. So step one, you always want to make sure that you are 
actually dealing with inflammatory causes in the body. Um, and again, maybe a concussion, maybe some type of surgery, um, getting craniosacral therapy, visceral manipulation, um, working with other practitioners who specialize in this to either get lab work or to get your body evaluated, maybe seeing a chiropractor and making sure none of your sacral nerves are impinged or none of your cranial nerves, especially your vagus nerve, are impinged with like forward head syndrome, anything like that. So really thinking outside the box, dealing with your inflammatory causes, inflammation causes. And then, you know, number two, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, oh, wow, I am getting better. And I am terrified of food, just like Allison was. Um, then my encouragement to you is to just slowly and scientifically um, pick your top foods, make a list, make your dream list of foods to reintroduce. And then start with those foods and try a quarter portion, a half portion, full portion. And even if one food doesn't work out, move on to the next one. Let your body detox. Let your body deal with some of the inflammation that causes. So if you do have a reaction to a food, it takes a few days for you to kind of feel yourself again. And that's normal. The body's dealing with it. But once you've done that, then you can try the next food because um, unless you're working with a lab test result and you kind of know what foods are are red, you know, red category or yellow category um, or green for that matter, then you just want to be careful and know that you might have picked a food that you were just super sensitive to. And that's okay. The other thing and the last thing I would love to share with you guys is that there were a couple foods on my list that I struggled eating for a while. I had gotten a lot of them back on. Um, gluten and dairy were not really one of them. They st I still avoid them just out of principle, out of helpfulness, and dairy for sure is not good for me. But I remember apples were really really slow for me to reintroduce and beans. Apples and beans were really hard for me, both of them. And I remember thinking, gosh, am I ever going to eat apples and beans the rest of my life? Um, I didn't have an answer at the time. I was totally asking that question because not enough time had passed. But I will tell you right now, I am eating apples and beans again. I can eat them. I mean, I have chili in the fridge, lots of beans in there. I have apples on my counter, uh, eat apples for a dessert, apple and peanut butter. Um, and I don't have any problems. Problems. And so sometimes it really is still just a matter of giving the gut a little bit more time and a little bit more time for that leaky gut and the intestinal lining to heal and for our immune system to be able to calm down and not be in a hypervigilant state. So guys, I hope that this podcast episode gave you some encouragement. I know that this topic is hard. It's scary but it's also hopeful. I have seen both myself and other clients of mine be able to eat foods again. I even specifically have a client who was on the low FODMAP diet just like me, was super constipated just like me. When she came in, I was kind of like, oh, are you like my mini me? But we did lab testing and she was not. She was actually dealing with something very different than me. She had a huge candida overgrowth and she was on low FODMAP diet. So she was still eating. She wasn't necessarily cutting out sugar and she also wasn't doing anything to help kill the candida. So we put her on some supplements to kill the candida. We changed her diet. We put her on a low carb, low sugar diet, which is how you want to kill candida. You starve it by not 
not giving it any carbs or any sugar. So it's basically a keto diet. And then the interesting thing is she had a bunch of foods on the low FODMAP diet she was able to eat again because we realized that it just wasn't the right diet for her. So that was with some awesome lab testing. And now she (laughs) is able to sleep through the night. She has significantly less bloating and she is well on the way to being able to reintroduce food soon. Um, She says a few more weeks of killing off her candida. So that is it. If you are interested in someone looking at your health, if you are considering getting lab testing done and you would like to either work with me, talk with me, we have a link down in the show notes. Set up a health assessment with me. It is one hour where we do a deep dive on you. We have you fill out these three incredible intake forms where we get lots of information from you and your health history and we can look at potential causes of what has gone on that will lead us to clues of what we should look into. Um, that is $500 for a amazing time. $500 as of November 2020. And it's just an amazing time for you to get an idea. You walk away with my top recommendations of what to check out next. That could be other healthcare practitioners, labs to run, um, certain supplements to try. It kind of depends on every person. Some people walk away with three, some people walk away with 10. And it's all the things that are relevant to what we found. And of course, the next step, if you're like, Allison, I just want the labs. I want to work with you. I want to feel better. I am tired of guessing what is going on in my body, guessing what foods I should and shouldn't eat, guessing how long it will take for me to get better, then set up a customized health plan with me. You can click the link below. You will be taken to links where you can schedule a call with me and we will get that process started where we will figure out the most relevant labs for you to start with. We will figure out what we need to do to get the information that we need so that we can create a six-month health plan for you to run for yourself. Those links, again, will be in the below, plus our episodes that we mentioned today. If you love this episode today, I encourage you, share it with a friend. If you had someone you thought of when you were listening, just take a screenshot of the episode, send it to that friend with a love note to their gut. I cannot think of how many times when I say I'm a gut health therapist that they know someone who needs me. So send your friend a love note to their gut and pass this podcast along to them. Another thing you could do, which would be I would so appreciate, is leave a rating and review for us. That helps us so much with other listeners being able to find this podcast and know that it is a place that they can get good information and that they can trust. So if this is a podcast that you trust, that you have found useful information from, please, please, I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review. Other ways that you can stay in touch with us is on Instagram and Facebook at Better Belly Therapies. We love connecting with our listeners. You can come leave a comment in our images, leave us a question, send me a DM. I would love to talk with you and hear how I can better serve you. And as always, a reminder of my favorite quote, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time.